this week, we're going to talk about commitment. We're going to talk about commitment. Now, uh, we simply have defined preparation as uh, just to make ready, to make ready. And what I've said from the very beginning is, we are talking about the objective of faith. Somebody needs to answer that phone. Um, we are talking about the object. <laughs> We're talking about the objective of faith. But what what I love about Scripture and what I love about the kingdom of God is that the objective of faith and how we prepare to meet Jesus can be applied to every single area of your life. It can be applied across the board. So what I'm going to do is we're, we're going to preach to the highest, which is pre- be prepared to meet Christ, and then you can apply this to all the other areas of your life. Amen? Amen. I felt like this morning, first and foremost, before I get going, I wanted to pause for a second and say, I felt like the Lord is just sharing with me that we're in a shift. And what I mean by that is this. I feel like today, as, as we have this conversation and we have some dialogue What I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit impresses upon our hearts is that there is a commitment, there is an action of commitment that God is calling us to in this season. But what that takes is, it takes for some of you, maybe things haven't gone quite the way that you thought they should have gone. Maybe the last couple years has been like that. But what I'm telling you today is that right now is a season where God is saying there is a shift and I'm going to have to open some doors and I'm going to have to close some doors. And some of us are struggling pushing past the fact that sometimes in order for new things to be birthed, some things have to die. Let me say that again. The seed that God is buried in some of your hearts of promise, we have to understand that in agricultural terms, the seed dies so what's in it can come forth and be birthed. That God has something for you right now in your season that's new, something fresh, but a door has to be closed in order for this new door to be opened. I'm going to jump into this. I'm going to let that sit for a second. I'm going to jump into this passage that we've been sharing with one another. It's this passage of 10 bridesmaids. If you've been with us over the last three weeks, you've heard this before. And we're going to extract yet another truth out of this story. These 10 bridesmaids, they represent really humanity. Five of those bridesmaids were wise and that they prepared to meet the bridegroom, and 10 were foolish, and that they didn't prepare. The 10 bridesmaids, they represent humanity. Everyone who was, is, and whoever be. The bridegroom represents Jesus. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 1, this is the passage. Jesus is telling this story. He says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. What's the moral to the story? That we have a big objective or mission of meeting Jesus one day. That I told you mine is that I'm going to stand before Jesus like these bridesmaids in this story. And and I want to hear these words. I know you. And I want to hear this. Well done, good and faithful servant. And they had a big objective. They had a mission in life to meet Jesus. 
In verse 2, it says, five of them were foolish, five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, can you turn to somebody right now and say delayed? Turn to somebody and, and across the room, because I want to hear it, and say delayed. delayed. Let me tell you something. Sometimes the promises of what's coming will be delayed. Sometimes we don't have the patience to wait out the delay so we can walk into our destiny. I'm going to preach to this side of the room today. Sometimes... Your destiny is buried in the midst of the delay. Can I get an overall amen this morning? He said they all became drowsy and they fell asleep. Are you feeling weary this morning? What has you feeling weary? It's not wrong that you feel weary. My question is, are you staying committed to the mission? Things, see, in this moment aren't going how they thought they would go. They prepared. They, they're like, okay, whoo. The bridegroom's coming. And then they're like. <sighs> Bro. How long can you do your hair? Why is there traffic? Why is he taking so long to propose? Why don't they see that I deserve a raise? I'm entitled to it. That's the problem. I deserve for the bridegroom to get here in my timing the way that I thought. Jesus, why are you not serving me like you said you came to do? What do you do when things don't work out the way that you think? they're supposed to work out. Where do your thoughts go? If you're a control freak, you're really quick to grab a hold of the steering wheel. For some of you, you just quit. This is what I know, that no matter where you stand, in your relationship, your understanding, your devotion to God this morning. We all experience the delay. We all experience moments when things don't go the way we thought.
question is, what do you do? Do you pick up a bottle? How do you sedate that moment? How are you soothing? God is calling us this morning past these methods and into commitment. It says in verse 7, all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to shop and buy some for yourselves. I love that. Take responsibility for your own preparation. You can watch last week's message to get the full effect of that. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in. They went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. And the bridegroom replied, believe me, I don't know you. And then Jesus brings all of this home and he makes this statement that is still relevant for you and I today. He says, so you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. See, the five bridesmaids who were prepared reaped the rewards of staying committed to the mission, although things didn't go the way that they thought they would go. They reaped the rewards of staying committed to the mission. Are you prepared to reap the rewards of staying committed to the mission when things don't go the way you thought they were going to go? We're going to talk about the power of preparation today by staying committed to the mission. We're going to commit to say yes. There's power in your yes. You're going to commit to say no. And you're going to commit to say, Lord, let it be so. Number one, we're going to commit to say yes. Commit to say yes to the mission or the big objective. Commit to say yes to the mission or the big objective. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your actions. Now, I... I define some of these words because I think this is important because we misconstrue these, I think, at times with our English language. Commit your actions. Those are affairs, business, or financial dealings. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans. This word plans, it doesn't necessarily mean all of the things that you write down. It's, it's your thoughts. Commit your thoughts. The way you think, it's how you think things should go. Some of you don't write your plans down, but you have plans. Amen? It says, and your plans, your thoughts, how you think they will go will succeed. And we, we, put, we put a lot of weird things around this, this word succeed or success. Let me tell you what this means. It's secure or stable. 
The way that you're thinking about things will be stable. Are your thoughts stable and secure this morning? That's success. When you commit your actions, all of your business dealings, all of your life, when you commit your ways to the Lord, your success is that your thoughts become secure and stable. Let me define this word commitment for you in this context. We're going to hear a couple different definitions of commitment today, but listen to this one. Staying, commitment is a staying obedient to the objective by doing the thing you said you were going to do long after the emotions you said it with have left you. Let me read that again. All right? Staying obedient to the objective or the mission by doing the, said, the thing you said you were going to do long after the emotions you said it with have left you. Why is this important? Because too often we make emotional decisions and we turn around when we're not feeling it we say, I'm committed. I am so committed. I'm going to buy that gym membership January 1. I'm getting fit for Jesus. You, you like, we double down. We get the personal trainer that comes with the new gym membership. I'm committed. I'm feeling it, man. Woo. Statistically, three weeks later, you ain't feeling it. You're still paying for the gym membership. It's been 10 years. You're paying for something today that you felt 10 years ago. Listen, some of you are paying for things today out of a feeling and an emotion you had 10 years ago. Too often we mistake emotion for devotion. Being emotional about a decision doesn't mean you're devoted to a decision. Things will never go, this is what I've learned in, in 48 years of living, things are never going to go the way that you thought. The moment you said yes to the mission that you were embarking on, Things are not going to go the way that you thought. But that's why it's important that you need to date the plan, what you think, and you need to marry the mission. Date the plan and marry the mission. You better put a ring on the finger of your mission. Emotions and plans change. The mission remains. What do you do when the plans change? Oh, yeah. I married the mission, the why, the purpose, not the how. Committing to say yes to marry the mission and date the plan 
ultimately will require that you learn to say no. How many of you know the power of no? It's a powerful thing. Commit to say no to any other options. You're going to commit to say no to any other options. I'm going to go back to the scripture, Proverbs 16.3, and I'm going to talk about this word commit. Now let me tell you biblically what this word commit, what it means. When you break it down, this fascinated me when I, when I read this. I was like, oh my gosh, yes and no. Okay? The word commit means to roll. It means to roll a stone as if to roll a stone in front of the opening of a grave or to roll a stone away from the opening of the grave. See, what this word commit is saying is sometimes you need to say yes to things and there's things that need to be opened and there's a no that needs to be said and sometimes the stone needs to be rolled and close off some things. This is saying there's some things in the caves of your history, of your life even today that God is, God, I, I, I am firmly believing this. There are things that God has been impressing upon your heart to say there are caves in your life that I want to close. Those things are dead. I want to bury them. You don't need to walk them anymore. And, and he wants to close those things off. But he also wants to open new things. But you got to close off some things in order to walk into your open things. You're saying yes to one thing, but ultimately you're saying yes by saying no to every other option. When you say marry the mission, it reminds me of the sanctity of marriage. There was a day coming up, my wife and I are gonna, are gonna celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary and, yeah, quarter of a century. <laughs> Put it that way, makes me old. She still looks like she's 16. <laughs> See, there was a moment that I said yes to Chandra and she said yes to me. And every day we say yes to each other, but do you know how we say yes to each other? By saying no to every other option, thank you. Someone's gonna preach from the seats this morning. When you say yes to something, you are inherently saying no to a ton of other things. It means that you've closed off all the options of who the business of your life is being lived for. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. That means I am not going to say yes to any other option that wants to pretend to be my savior, that wants to be my comforter, that wants to be my peace, that wants to be my security, that wants to be my stability. Jesus, I am making a devoted decision to you today by saying yes, but I'm carrying it out by maintaining my no to every 
other option. Matthew 25, 9. This is what we just read. This is what the five wise bridesmaids said. We don't have enough for all of us. So go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. Do you know what's hard about that statement? Presumably these 10 bridesmaids have relationship. And guess what these five just did to the five foolish ones? They just said, I'm sorry. There's some doors that need to be closed. Let me say it this way. There are relationships in your life that God wants you to close the door on. They can be personal relationships. They can be relationships with what you're consuming. That's visually. That's what you eat. That's what you are putting in your body. And we want to continue toying with these things that we think we can consume and our bodies physically and spiritually aren't going to metabolize those things. We're okay. And what you put in is what you will ultimately get out. There are doors today that God wants you to close like the, the stone gets rolled in front of the cave and it's done. Like it is finished type moment. Sometimes we end up holding ourselves back from the beautiful blessing and the progress that God has for us because we hold on so tightly to these things. We think that we can continue dating somebody and be married to something else. And it will always end up becoming a domestic dispute. What doors in your life this morning do you need to have opened? And what doors is God impressing upon you this morning need to be closed? Now, let me say this. Some of us are experiencing weariness because we're trying to live in both. And that's tiring. Because you can't say yes to two things. It's going to make you feel crazy. And it's going to drain you. And you're, why, why do I feel so tired? It is way easier to be devoted to one thing. It is way easier just to say yes, and that means no to all these other things. I just gotta keep my side hustle. Man, that, that hustle potentially is hustling you. You've committed to say yes, Maybe now you understand why you need to commit to saying no. And the only thing left is to commit to these words. Lord, let it be so. Commit to say, let it be so, means trusting how the Lord wants to purpose the steps of your life. 
God, this is how I think about it. But I'm going to let go of that. I'm going to date that plan. I'm going to marry the mission. I'm going to marry I'm going to marry this mission. This is the objective. I'm Jesus, I'm going after you. Man, the enemy keeps trying to take marry the mission. But you don't understand. Like marry the mission. Yes. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Now we have to say, God, I trust you. That the road you're going to take me on, the path you've decided to bring me through, the mountains that you have me going over, the things I see as struggle and God is building resiliency in you because of where he has you ultimately going, that a lot of times we don't know why God has us in a position or going through things until we look back. Because we love 2020 hindsight. And we look back and we go, oh God, that's why. I felt like I was suffering here. God's like, no, I was strengthening you to give you resolve to stand here. Lord, let it be so. It says in Proverbs 16, 9, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines what? Our steps. Do you trust the Lord? Make a plan, but trust the Lord. There is no possibility of full trust without 100% commitment. Some of us are experiencing trust issues in the world today. So what we do is, is we don't fully commit to things anymore because like, I have trust issues. You're so bad, you don't understand. I just have trust issues. I've been hurt. I'm like, welcome to humanity. I've been hurt too. My toes, like, I don't even know if I have all my toes. I've been stepped on so many times. I had my heart ripped out of me. I'm like, not really. It's still there. It hurts. It's been broken. I was like, I know, mine too. It's just. So I just can't commit. We're the most committed to not being committed. I have ever seen in my lifetime. You know, we're just going to live together. We're going to pretend to be married so we have the option because I just don't trust. Listen, you ain't married and you're living together because you have trust issues. You think you're giving yourself freedom and I'm telling you, you're shackling yourself to a bad situation. Because who wants to predicate a relationship on trust issues? It's just cheaper. Bro, you're cheapening it. I'm sorry, I'm preaching some stuff today. Psalm 37.5, commit everything you do to the Lord. Commit some of the things. Commit what? All. Commit everything, right? Can you, can you say, just say everything? everything. Say everything means all. <laughs> that means the broken parts of your life. Hmm. 
That means the hurts and the pains. We think commit everything means like all the good stuff. God's like, no, no, no. I'm not afraid of your bad stuff. In fact, I'd rather have you commit all of the hurt and all the history and all the pain and all the things we need to roll that stone in front of the cave and close. I'd rather you commit all those things because those are the things that are weighing you down. Those are the things that you're drowning in a sea of sorrow over. Commit everything to the Lord, it says. Commit all of your stuff to the Lord. What do you have today that you think God, like God, I don't know if you can handle me committing this to you. He's like, man, I'm the most committed God ever. I did the unthinkable. I made such a strong commitment to you, I gave my son. I left nothing. I committed it all. Jesus gave all of himself not a part of himself, not a piece of who he was. He gave everything. Why? Because he wanted to close the door on what needed to be closed so he could open the door, what needed to be opened for you and I to walk into, to trust God and say, let it be so. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will, he will do what? Help you. Who needs help this morning? I need help. Man, I, I, I don't have it figured out. I need help. Commit everything I do to the Lord. Trust in him and what? He's gonna help me. He will, I love this. Listen, listen to the imagery. Just imagine this. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. We can be confident God has our best interests in mind. So when we say let it be so, I can be confident. Lord, let it be so. Man, this is how I think. This this is what I think, God. (laughs) So I'm gonna say yes to you I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry the mission. I'm gonna say no to what needs to be said no to, but I trust you ultimately that even if you take me in a roundabout way, I'm confident and I trust you. Philippians 1.6, and I am certain that word is confident. And I am confident that God who began the good work within you I am confident that God has begun a good work in you today family I am confident that God has begun a good work in you I am confident and certain that God has begun something in your life listen to the promise The promise is that he will continue his work until it is finally, say it with me, finished. Why? Because God is married to the mission of your life. God is married to the mission of seeing it through with you. He's not a... He's not emotional about it, like, you know, I'm just not feeling it. God's taking a day off. I'm putting my feet up today. 
I'm just I'm putting all the prayer requests on auto reply sorry out of heaven today I'll be back Monday Commit to say, let it be so to the Lord's purpose for your life. God, God has a purpose for your life. One of the biggest travesties I think happening right now is that people don't understand that God has a purpose for you. He's so purposeful. Why would he start something with no purpose? It's not his character. He's intentional. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Whose purpose? His purpose. But I have my own purpose. I have my own thoughts. I'm sorry, whose purpose? His purpose. Can somebody say his purpose? Say, not my purpose, his purpose. And guess what? His purposes will always prevail always so this morning why don't you stand with me we're going to commit to saying let it be so we're going to commit to saying God whatever you need to bring Lord to complete the mission you began in me let it be so that God there's things that you you are are asking me this morning that as I say yes there's some things that you want to close off there's some things that you also want me to say no to What are the things that God is putting on your heart right now that maybe he's asking you to say no to? What relationships, okay? Those are physical relationships. That's people. It's not that you don't love people, right? You're not being mean to people. But your mission is non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable, family. God made it non-negotiable. You know, when Jesus died... There, it wasn't like, well, hey, like he, he just gave it all. He literally, it was the worst negotiation tactic in the world. He showed his hand first. He was like, here, boom, all in. He can't renegotiate that. And we're over here. Like, well, you know, what if I give you? Let's close our eyes this morning. I'm going to ask this question. You're going to commit to say yes. You're going to commit to say no to all other options. And you're going to commit to saying, let it be so. Which one of those do you need to do this morning? Which one of those do you need to do today? For some of you, when I spoke about the weariness of toiling between your yeses and things that just need to be closed off, and there's things that God has for you, and maybe you just feel stuck and tired, some of you, that resonates deeply inside of you. And, and this morning is, a, is an incredible opportunity, I believe, for you to make a commitment, commitment. It's not emotional because the emotion, even if conceivably what you feel right now is going to potentially wear off. 
your emotions will change. And when that's gone, you've got to stay committed. God is calling some of you to a deeper devotion today to be committed. Today's the day. Right now's the moment. If that's you, raise your hand. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray. We have a ministry team um, that will be moving around the room. And so if, if, you, if you feel someone just come and maybe put your hand, their hand on you or maybe they'll ask you, hey, can they pray for you? That's normal here. Our goal is your growth. We want, we want you to move forward. And so I'm going to ask you to do this. If you, if you can, if, if that's you this morning, if this morning you're saying, I want to make this commitment, would you open your hands up like you're receiving something? And I'm just going to pray. Yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah, no more excuses. No more excuses. We've exhausted all the excuses. Just take a deep breath. Holy Spirit, fill us. Begin to bring the stability and the security right now. Right in the stillness. to be closed. Only you can answer that. What needs to be closed? There's some of you in the room that have been trying to close things off in your life literally since your childhood. There are things that keep popping back up that are affecting who you are today and will continue to affect you as you walk into your future. And God this morning says that not only am I asking you to say no to it, but I'm here to do the healing work in your heart 
so that you don't have to walk with this anymore. Because I felt like the Lord was saying that, you know, this morning that when my son Jesus died, he died to actually eradicate the ability for any past traumas to have any way in your life to give direction to your future and speak to who you are. So I just speak against those things right now in the name of Jesus. If that's you this morning, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. Amen, amen. Amen. So Lord, I just pray right now. Pray right now for those of us in the room who the difficulty of saying no, the difficulty of those things being closed off is this attachment, this marriage. I just feel like the Lord this morning is saying we need, we need to divorce the destruction in our past. Some of you, God is, is literally calling you to, to unhinge yourself and the agreements that you, that you have made. Um, it's not your fault, but sometimes we make agreements with things that have happened against us. And God wants us to unhinge ourselves from the agreements that we've made. Some of you are saying, God, I'm not experiencing the fullness of life. Something must be wrong with me. Something must be broken. The enemy right now is wreaking havoc in your thought life. If you think that you're not good enough, there's something that you did wrong and you're escaping what it is that God has for you. And what I'm telling you is, is that maybe there's a delay, but it does not mean that you're a delinquent. This is important. Some of you are taking this on your own shoulders. And I just want you to know something. Jesus Christ took all of those things the moment that he took his last breath on the cross. He took it all. He gave us the ability to appropriate with authority his mind. And he's saying, it's, it's not no, it's just not yet. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. Sometimes the power of God wants to birth in you has a longer gestational period. I don't know why, but I think of this when I say that. Elephants take longer to grow a baby elephant than a human does. Why? Because a baby elephant is bigger than a human. There is something big in your life that God wants to birth and the gestational period might be taking longer because he's growing something of greater value than you think. There is hope in the midst of the delay. There is hope in the midst of where you're at. God is restoring that hope this morning. Who, who needs some restored hope this morning? Who needs some restored hope this morning? Let, let, let's go after this together. Father, we just say this morning, restore our hope in, in the salvation that you gave us. Restore our hope. God, I don't want to be the hero of the story, but I need a hero. Thank you for giving us your son Jesus as the hero. Too many times I read scripture and I want to make myself the hero. I want to misappropriate the identity of Jesus and place it on myself and say that I'm the hero in the story. I'm not the hero in the story. 
Jesus is the hero in the story. So this morning, we need the person of hope. We need Jesus in our story. Let us walk with confidence as we say yes. We commit to saying yes. As we commit to saying no. And ultimately, as we commit to saying, Lord, God in heaven, who ordains every step and knows the purpose of my life, would you let it be so? And it is, it is well with my soul this morning, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for sowing seeds that need to be sown. As we wrap up this morning, if you need prayer, if you need further prayer, do not leave this house. If you're in an online campus, just let someone know right now, hey, could, could we spend some time praying? We wanna pray with you this morning. We wanna pray with you. This week we talked about being married to the mission. Next week we're gonna talk about being partners in the mission. Understanding our role as partners, as collaborators, as co-workers in the mission. Lord, we thank you today. In Jesus' powerful name, we can say it with confidence, amen. Let it be so.